Psalms 84. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the court of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars. O Lord, a host, my king, and my God. Here it is. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is thee, and whose heart are the ways of them. If you'll let me paraphrase verse 5 from the NIV, whose ways is translated, those who pilgrimage, those who take the journey. I want to preach today a very simple thought. I call it missing church. Everybody say, missing church. Oh, it got quiet up in here. I believe the Lord's got an encouraging word for his church today, Jesus today. God, help me just a man who is feeble and who is limited. But God, I am bold and full of faith in the Holy Ghost today that you're able to overcome every circumstance, fear and doubt, and help us benefit from your word, be led by your spirit, and come from this service today rejoicing for what we have heard. And let the church say in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I apologize in advance if I foibled a couple of words. I got here and realized I didn't have my reading glasses. So I think I did okay. Glad it wasn't in Russian. As Brother Brian referenced, we are in the month of June talking about camp meeting. We talked last week specifically how that when God became estranged from his people, that Moses took his tent and pitched it and sought to dedicate a place that he could meet with God outside the camp. See, Moses knew what we need to know. No matter what happens, goes wrong, blows up, we always need a place to meet with God. Today specifically, I want to look at chapter 84 and then we'll look at it sister chapter, uh, sister song. You know, the Psalms are songs. They are words set to music. We read them just as words of scripture, but they were really set to music. I talked about last week, my family, Sister Delita, how we went fishing a lot and we tried to go camping. And I talked about how we got intimidated by uh, all the snakes that were on the riverbank and we went home. I had a revelation about my family this week. I think I've determined why we didn't go camping a lot. It's too much work. I got a good friend that He and his family go camping all the time. And I said, hey, bud, what you doing this weekend? He said, we're going camping. I said, well, what are you doing Friday? Maybe we can meet for lunch. He said, no, no, I got to get ready to go camping. I said, well, maybe we can get together Thursday and eat lunch. He said, no, I'll be getting ready to go camping. I said, you're going to spend more time getting ready. 
than camping. He said, well, you got to fill this, you got to get fuel, and you got to get food, and you got to maintain and add oil and uh, mark out your camps. I said, man, that's work. I can just go to Expedia and get a room that quick. Come on, somebody. I think my family didn't do a lot of camping because it takes too much work. This Psalm 84 was a song to those who made the regular pilgrimage from where they lived to the holy city, Jerusalem, Mount Zion. We call it the church today. They put aside their work and they took care of the livestock and they locked the door to the house and maybe they had little children that they had a little wagon with a donkey and they had some provisions in a tent because it was a multiple days journey to get to Jerusalem. And as they would pass other communities and villages, other people were going the same place and so they would fall in together and somebody would start singing. And when they would start singing, everybody would start singing. Now, I remember those school bus trips. And we would sing 99 bottles of root beer on the wall because I went to a Christian school. John Jacob. Jingle. We're talking about camping, aren't we? And I imagine that these scriptures, this was God's top 100 or top 150. And they would begin to sing because Sometimes when you're struggling, it's a song that'll help you get over. When you start singing about the goodness of the Lord and his mercy towards you, even though you don't like what you're going through, you don't focus on what you're going through, you remember where you're going. Now, geography tells us from biblical references that Jerusalem was set on seven hills. Can I say it this way? It was uphill from every direction to get to Jerusalem. Do you remember? The good Samaritan was coming from Jerusalem. He was coming downhill. Let me stop and preach that just a second. If you're willing to go up, when you come and meet with the Lord, everything is downhill. After you meet, it gets easier. Here's what I'm saying today. If you look at how historians have established those that recognize the great flood that divided our continents, there was one landmass. If you put the seven nations, excuse me, seven continents back together and you realize that if you took a pointer and looked at the center of that one big landmass, that Jerusalem would be right in the center. That's not me making it up. I'm telling somebody today, only God knows the center of a circumstance. And right in the center of the whole world, God desired to have a meeting place with his people. Now here's what I want you to get. It took preparation. Remember camping's work. It was uphill. Can I tell you, it takes a lot of effort to come to church. Give yourself a hand today. You made it. Some got here early. Some here got on time. Some here got here when you could. You know who you are. 
I'm just glad you're here. It takes a lot to get to church. It'll cost you time. It'll cost you effort. It requires a lot of preparation. Some days it's an uphill struggle because Billy can't find his shoes and Susie's done messed her hair up and husband can't find his tie. And wife said, I've helped everybody get dressed but me. And people who can normally get along get demon-possessed on Sunday morning. I'm telling you, it's a struggle. It's an uphill climb to come to the house of the Lord. And some preachers will tell you all the biblical legal reasons why you need to go to church. Others will tell you you need to be obedient. And all that is true. But can I tell you the main reason that you need to come to the house of the Lord? It's because it's worth the trip. When you go camping with your family, it's a lot of work. But my friend says, I'm making memories that will go with my boys for a lifetime. When you make up in your mind, I'm not letting nothing deter me. I'm not going backwards. I know it's a struggle, but I've made up my mind. We're going to the house of the Lord. Y'all ever know people give excuses? What are y'all looking at me about that for? <laughs> well, Pastor, I can't come to church. My marriage is on the rocks. Pastor, I can't come to church. I'm having trouble with my teenager. Man, Pastor, I got an affliction and a condition. Doctors don't know what I got. Doctor, I, Pastor, I don't know about a direction for my life. Pastor, I can't get over some stuff in the past. Do you realize the things that you're using for an excuse really should be the reason that you come to the house of the Lord? For my Bible says in Psalms 48, the sister Psalm to 84, great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of holiness. It says beautiful for situations. Can I preach to somebody? I know that's talking about it's a beautiful view and a vista set upon the hill. But I've got a word if you'll let me preach it. Just as the writer said that the city, holy Jerusalem, is beautiful for situations. The church of the living God is beautiful for every situation. If you're having marital troubles, there's no better place to come to the house of the Lord. Because he's the one who invented marriage. You're having trouble with your teenager. I can't think of a better place for them. I'm speaking to somebody who's sick and weary and well-doing. Those who come to the house of the Lord, if two or three come together in his name, he's going to show up. I'm preaching there's healing in the house of the Lord. If you can get them to the house of the Lord, anything is possible. The Holy Ghost can bring conviction. The Holy Ghost can melt the heart heart. The Holy Ghost can cure depression. The Holy Ghost is able to fill them and heal them and direct them. The church is beautiful for any situation. You're trying to get your life together to come to God. It ain't never going to work. But if you'll come to God with all the broken pieces, he can put it together. Now I feel the need 
to give a disclaimer. What I'm about to say, I'm not talking about people with real health issues and concerns. I'm not talking about some of our seasoned saints that have a real uh, fear and concern about uh, COVID and other things. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about a man who won't come to church because he just don't want to take the time to shave. Well, pastor, we're just going to flip it on the computer today. I hear the woman say, I just don't feel like wrestling kids. Can I tell you, I'm coming against the spirit of this age that has said I can get the same thing at home. Can I tell the church today, I'm thankful for our online watchers. I'm thankful for the technology. I'm thinking for people that are having church in their living room that can't get here. But it's a resource that we want to use, but we don't want to rely on it. I'm glad when I got an ear infection, I can do a virtual visit to my doctor. But if I need bypass surgery, I hope they can wheel me in the hospital. I'm preaching to somebody. It's a resource that we use, but we don't want to rely on it. My Bible says that on the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one house. In one I'm talking about me, September 13th, 2020, that weekend, Julie and Beth had both been diagnosed with COVID, and it put me in quarantine. That made me dirty by association. I wasn't sick. I didn't feel sick, but I wanted to be a good steward, and I wanted to be community-minded, and I wanted to protect our church. So pastor's at home. That Friday before my neighbor had been talking to me, he said, man, that privet, that shrubbery on the side of your property is overgrown. Well, I never go on that side of the house. And I went and looked on his side of the fence, and it was overgrown. He couldn't even hardly get in his pick-em-up truck because it was growed out so far. Man, I felt bad. With Andres, I got me a sawzall. I said, if I can't go to church, I'm not going to sit in here. I got me a sawzall. That fella come home, he'd been on a little trip. He come back that evening, about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. He said, my Lord, how many people have you had over here working? I said, just me. He said, man, you got with it. I said, you just don't know. I'm so frustrated. I can't go to the house of the Lord. I got to do something. But I walked in the house and I said, you know what? Today feels just like some any other day. I said, my Holy Ghost began to rise up and say, today is not just any other day. That's kind of how you know if you're saved or not. If you can stay home and you're okay with it, you need to pray. But I'm telling you, God, I ate 25 pounds of Frosted Flakes in two weeks. I watched every John Wayne Western. That was the longest, most torturous thing. And I told the Lord, if I could just get back into the tabernacle. I was glad we were able to watch online, but there is nothing. I mean, nothing on this side of glory like being gathered together with people who believe that all things are possible in the name of Jesus when we come together. I know it's work, but it's worth it. 
I know we have issues in our homes and in our families, but church is beautiful for your situation. Once again, I'm not speaking to elders or people with legitimate issues. I'm addressing the spirit of this age. I'm afraid that the opportunist known as the devil has gotten into people's minds that are seeing a fork in the road that virtual church is just as good as actual church. And I'm speaking from this pulpit, not browbeating, not beating you up. We love you. But you need to kick the devil out of your thoughts if you've entertained a virtual relationship with him. He wants to be in you. He wants to be around you. He wants to have camp meeting with you on a regular, daily basis. Here's what I'm talking about today. Judges chapter 5 verse 6. You'll trust me to paraphrase. The Bible says that Shamgar was king. And Shamgar had been derelict in his duties to protect Israel. And that an occupying army had just kind of moved in and camped out and squatted. And they became marauders and thieves and cutthroats. And they were highway robbers. Who, who remembers that good Samaritan? Remember on his way from, uh, from his town to Jerusalem, he found a man cut, stabbed in the ditch. Because the roads were full of robbers. And Deborah, the Bible says, began to look and see the highways that led to the holy city, Jerusalem. She said, they're empty because the people fear to travel. They fear to get on the road. She literally said, but if God won't raise up a man, I, Deborah... If God will give me the power, I'll get out in the road and I'll make them safe. She said, I'm tired of seeing the highways that lead to the presence of God being empty. Can I talk as a preacher for just a minute? I'm tired of churches being empty and restaurants being full. It's time that the church is full. It's time that people get in their mind going to the house of the Lord is not an option. I'm telling you. The Bible establishes Deborah as the only judge of it. Talking about breaking through the ceiling. Can I preach to somebody for just a minute? The scripture says that Deborah declared herself as a mother. Can I speak to mothers just a minute? If your husband or the man who helped you create those babies, won't come to church. Just make up in your mind and pack those babies up and come on to church. They don't come right now. But if you'll determine in your heart, God is going to raise up some Debras that's going to... I don't want to preach by myself. I want somebody to say, yay, pastor, and Amen. I'm telling you, we need the spirit of Deborah to say that we're not happy with people sleeping in and flipping the computer on and having virtual church. We want to come together with people of like precious faith, even though it's uphill, even though it's a struggle, and even though there's things to fear. Greater is he who is in me. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. We can't let fear cause us to miss church. I don't think Deborah liked missing church. It's always been in the mind of God to commune 
Adam and Eve were created and put in the garden. And what was God's ritual with them? He would come and walk with them at the cool of the day. This time of year, that's about 2.30 in the morning. It's H-O-T hot. We don't have humidity this time of year in Tennessee. It's humuggity. Do you understand, under the law, they were called to go to Jerusalem at least three times a year. Three times a year. One of those pilgrimages was the Feast of Pentecost. Do you understand that those who had been taught, encouraged, instructed, led by Jesus lingered in Jerusalem between Passover and Pentecost? See, they could have gone home, but they lingered. You want to know who's going to have the Holy Ghost and fire in their lives? Not those that hit the refresh button on their iPad. Not those that do drive-by church. They run in and run right back out. It's those who linger and wait with expectation. And the Bible says they were in that upper room together. And the Holy Ghost was poured out. And like cloven tongues of fire, it rested on all of them. I'm preaching to somebody today. We don't need to miss church. You miss one service. You don't know what you're going to miss. The healing that God had put in that service for you, you may miss it. The salvation for your kids and grandkids. The preached word that night might have made the difference. But you wasn't here, so you didn't receive got to be in the house of the Lord. It's going to be such a direct saying, you're going to laugh at it. But faith is usually caught, not taught. You can do all the online Bible studies you want. You may learn a lot, but it may not increase your faith at all. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, the night I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I was in a service where the Spirit of God was moving, just like it's going to move here in just a minute. And my little friend was sitting next to me. And I had been playing mental games to keep myself occupied until the preacher was finished. But God was dealing with him. I'm telling you what, I saw him let go of that metal folding chair in front of him and walk down that metal aisle. And within just a few minutes, he received the heavenly gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I was in that service, but I wasn't in that service. But do you know what happened to me? As my friends and associates began to peel out of their rows and go down to the altar and God began to fill them with the Holy Ghost, guess what? I wasn't taught it. I'm telling somebody, I caught it. It began to move and get a hold of me. I've seen healing services where somebody had a desperate need and they came down front and asked for prayer. And people who hadn't even considered getting prayer before, why not? But they'd never considered it. But God began to touch this person because they had bold faith to step out for prayer. And God began to meet their need. Guess what happened? It begins to sweep all over the... You don't get that at home. You don't get that on your iPad. It's only when we come together. We're not taught it, but we caught the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. It consumes those who are in his presence. Here's what I'm saying. Who remembers? 
Psalms 1, 22. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You may not know the context of that. It, it, it preaches good. Do you know that David's son Absalom overthrew him? Kicked his dad out of the palace and was going to run and have his dad killed. And his dad, with his mighty men of valor, began to flee the palace. And on their way out of town, the mighty men reached to get the Ark of the Covenant, the central figure in the tabernacle. Without it, there would be no mercy for the children of Israel. And they stopped and they said, David, we know you want us to get this and carry it with us. He said, no, let it stay in its proper place. And if I find favor with the Lord, he'll bring me back. And I once again can go and feel the presence of God in his proper place. I'm, I'm going to preach right here. And some of us want to carry God into the highways and the hedges where we want to go. Instead of having God in his proper place, we better establish some places in our lives that we know we can find the Lord. And my Bible says because David was faithful and heard from the Lord and fought a good fight that God got Absalom defeated and out of the palace and he reestablished David as king. But David didn't say, I was glad when they said unto me, sit back on the throne. He didn't say, I'm so glad you're back in the palace. Let the secret service and the chef know that David is back in the house. He said, I was glad. I'd been cut off. I'd been run out of town. I couldn't get to God, but God had mercy on me. And some of you have had the mercy of God. You should be dead right now. But God spared you. You told God if he would bring you out, you would worship him. Today's a good day to stand to your feet and say, This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Can I have five minutes? I'll take it off next Sunday morning. Can I have five, five minutes? David, in his final days, is king. And, and, and they had scribes that would record narratives, the memoirs of the king. And when they began to record all that David was, he had been a shepherd. He had been a mighty warrior. He had been an ambassador to foreign nations. He had been a king. He had even put on an ephod. But David didn't say, remember me as king or remember me as shepherd. He said, let them refer to David when they think on him. He is a psalmist. He said, I want to be known. What I want to be remembered for is a worshiper of the one true God. Remember Psalms 84 and 48 are sister songs. If you look in your Bible, I have a great study Bible here. It refers to these two Psalms as the Psalms of the sons of Korah. Anybody remember who Korah was in the Bible? Korah breathed out rumblings and complaints. 
came up against Moses. The Bible says that God caused the ground to open up and the flames come and grabbed him by the ankles and pulled him down. The ground closed up and belched and that was all there was to him to stop. I wished I had that. But some people come against me. I mean, don't, don't. I mean, don't. Don't pull them under, but I mean, you know, sprain their ankle or something and say, I told you, told you, told you. Touch not God's, I told you. Do you realize that his rebellion affected more than just him? For the Bible says that God not only killed Korah and his sons and their wives that were with them, but said their whole house was banned from the house of the Lord. When you choose to miss church, mom, dad, grandma, you're affected more than just you. You may find your way back, but they may not find their way back. Boy, quiet in here now. Do you understand the text that we read, Psalms 84? was written by people that for seven generations had been cut off, couldn't go to church. But by the mercies of God, they were able to draw near once again. When they, now think of how that reads different. My soul longeth. I fainted for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries. Blessed are those that dwell. Those that dwell in the house of the Lord will still praise thee. What you talking about, Pastor? He goes on to say, For better is one day in thy courts. I'm talking about people who knew what it was to be cut off. I'm talking about people that could see Jerusalem from a distance but could not enter there. We got people right now, underground churches, UPCI churches in China, Iran, Pakistan. They would love to be able to get in their car and come down to a building that's got air conditioning, that's got a sign that says, the Pentecostals of Smyrna. I'm telling you, if God has given you breath in your body, that car he's blessed you with, and you can't get up on a Sunday when you're free to do so without no cost of consequences, and come and magnify the Lord and lift up his name and rejoice. I'm skipping a bunch of stuff. I just want to say this. But pastor, it's just easier to stay home. We'll get our work in. I'm glad we have those resources. But serving God was never meant to be easy. It's always going to be a struggle. Jerusalem's always uphill from where you are. It takes effort. But I can tell somebody today, it's worth it. It is Beautifully positioned for every circumstance. Sister Beth comes to the piano. Psalm 73 says it this way. The psalmist said, My feet almost slipped. 
anybody been there? You got weary and well-doing? You got tired of scrimping and saving? Anybody here got too much load? Grown weary and well-doing? The psalmist said, my feet almost slipped. I almost went back. God, I know you delivered me from drugs and alcohol, but I was so weary. I almost went back. I almost went back on your grace. I almost went back on your mercy. I almost went back on what I had experienced. But Sister Josephine, verse 17 says, until I went into the sanctuary of my God. The psalmist said, when I went in the sanctuary, I had almost let it slip, Brother Alford. But when I came back in the sanctuary, I got my spirit right. I almost let the devil talk me out of it. When I came in the sanctuary, I got my attitude right. I'm sorry, camera people, but I'm just telling you today, God is in this place. His spirit is surging across this sanctuary today. You're saying, Pastor, what am I supposed to do with a message like this? You're in the sanctuary of the Lord today. Are there any Deborahs in here that are believing for your kids and your grandkids? If no man's going to do it, God use me. They're going to hear me pray. They're going to see me dance. They're going to know that I'm in the presence of the Lord. I wish you'd stand to your feet today. Have you let it almost slip? You thought about going back? You're too close right now to go back. You, You come too far. I'm preaching to some people today that are looking for your help in all the wrong places. My help cometh from the Lord. You're in the sanctuary of the Most High God today. Guess what that means? Anything's possible. But you don't know what I'm going through. I'm telling you, reaching out to God, He's well equipped to deal with any circumstance or situation. Sister Beth's going to sing this chorus today. Not a bunch of fanfare, not a bunch of hoo-ha. Today, if you can identify with these words and you want to make sure your spirit is right and your attitude's right, why don't you come and recalibrate your heart in worship to the Lord?